Hello and welcome to Two Player Bros. I'm Mike and with me as always is Dave. Yo. Dave, how you doing today? Doing good, Mike. Doing good. That's cool. That's cool. Ready to talk about lots of games. That's right. We're shaking up our format a little bit today, Dave. Why? What are we doing? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about video game news and gossip and what we're playing and all that jazz. I don't have any gossip. <laughs> well, it's not really gossip. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Well, what's, what's happening? It took me four weeks to beat Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> but really, we had talked about this before. Is we didn't want to keep doing deep dives every single week because that would become untenable after a while. So we'd pepper in these kind of episodes in between every so often. I'm confused by that because I thought we said this was going to be the new format going forward <laughs> with the pepper in of the old format. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Well, that's the opposite of what you just <laughs> said. So that, that really messed with my head there. <laughs> so yeah. Um, obviously we've been doing the podcast every week for what? Nine weeks now, 10 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Since February. Yeah. So we knew after probably week four that it was not maintainable. Um, People should not play that many video games <laughs> and not with that ferocity that we had to play them with. Yeah. I don't know how video game reviewers do it. So yeah, we still want to do those episodes. I mean, when I came onto the podcast with you, I told you explicitly, like those were the kind of podcasts I wanted to do. I mm -hmm. didn't want to talk about myself. Really. I wanted to talk about a game, just dive into it and talk about that. We're going to be doing a more news format, so you're probably going to get more of my perspective and more Mike's perspectives than you would typically get in one of our deep dive episodes. Would you agree with that? Like, I would say so, yeah. It's less factual and more opinion-based at times. Mm. We're not getting the news first. We're telling the news to you secondhand, so it's like it's got to be peppered with something. Like our opinion or whatever, yeah. I have a direct line to Sony and Microsoft. So. <laughs> <laughs> um Sorry, this is probably a messy intro, but yeah, so we're going to just be talking about game announcements um, and just random news around the industry that piques our interest. We'll see if we can find some conversation in those things. We are definitely going to keep doing the more deep dive episodes because again, I want to do those. Mm -hmm. Those are really fun. It's, it's nice to be forced to sit down and complete a game, <laughs> which is great. But we definitely noticed in the episodes that we didn't beat or the games that we didn't put enough time into, at least from my perspective, the conversation was, wasn't as great. Yeah, it's great up to three hours in. <laughs> what happens in five? Well, I read. <laughs> or like, it'll just be me talking about a game for a while because you hadn't gotten this far or you talking like the Doom, the Doom episode. It was just you talking about Doom for a yeah, while because yep. I hadn't beaten it. And I'm like, yeah, so I, okay. I, yeah, I think I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to do this. We're still going to try to do a deep dive every two to four weeks. I'd like to do them every two weeks still. I think um, two weeks is good. But those will be bonus episodes in addition to your one-stop shop for gaming news <laughs> that we're setting up over here. First thing we're going to talk about is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered was announced. Oh yeah. It's coming out uh, September 4th, 2020. I'm actually super, super excited about this. I was really excited to hear about that, too. Obviously, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, was it a remake or was it just like a pseudo sequel that came out last time? The last one that came out was Tony Hawk 5, and I haven't played it, but my understanding it was a pile of garbage. It was five, okay, uh, that was awful. But there was another one that came out Back in that. like 2012, Tony Hawk HD came out, 
which I think was a remix of one and two. Um, so it's the same as this, but this seems like it's starting from the ground up to give you a real experience. It, it I liked the, the HD remix that they made. I had a lot of fun with that remix. Yeah. It definitely was missing something and it sounds like they knew that. So hopefully, uh, well, it sounds like this just has so much more. Uh, this is done by Vicarious Visions, who redid the Crash Bandicoot uh, trilogy as well. Mm-hmm. And that was a very good remake as well that they remade from the ground up. They just took like the guts of Crash Bandicoot. And that seems to be what they're doing. Tony Hawk is they just got the I believe from what I read or watched about the video game from IGN, they had gotten the basic code on how skateboarding worked in the game and everything else was just they watched and played the game and recreated as much as they could. So a lot of the stuff has the spirit of the game and it's got almost all the sounds uh, songs from the original soundtrack, which is cool. Almost all. I, I wish they uh, announced the track list, the full track list, because there's only one song I need. And what's that? What song do you think it is? I don't think it's going to be Superman. No, I mean, I, <laughs> Superman's going to be in it. They announced that. They yeah, said that's going to be there. That is like the, the Tony Hawk anthem, that's really. Right, yeah. But the only song I need is the Ace of Spades. <laughs> Ace of Spades. <laughs> that was always my, my jam there. Whenever I was playing with my cousin, Warehouse one-on-one, throw that track on, guaranteed win. <laughs> uh, everything about that, like the graphics look really good. The characters are really neat looking. I guess there's going to be an online competitive mode now. There's going to be so you can you don't have to do couch stuff. Although I think there is still going to be couch uh, co-op and multiplayer and stuff like that. But I believe oh, I didn't see anything saying online. there wouldn't be. And I have to assume there was or would be. Uh, I used to love um, the I think it's called tag um, where you literally just do tricks on ramps and it would turn it to one color. And then if somebody wanted to change the color to their color, they would need to do a higher scoring trick on it. I don't do you, do you I remember, remember that? I don't remember that mode, no. Yeah, so like one person would do a trick worth like 900 points on this one specific ramp and it would be changed to their color and it was like kind of like Splatoon. Whoever has the most color at the end wins. Yeah. So it's not actually point-based. It's just how many ramps you control. Kind of King of the Hillish of sorts. Sort of, yeah. So, yeah. You, so you know, you take this certain ramp, they do a bigger trick on it, they take that ramp back. If you want to take that ramp back from them again you gotta go even bigger on it and it just leads to you trying to do like super long combos and stuff to control as many ramps as you can that's pretty cool yeah it's very cool it's a good time neat neat. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm super pumped for it it came out of nowhere i'm so i like it just was announced although tony hawk had hinted this, that they were making this game did something. not come out of nowhere mike well, i think everyone was expecting a five, like a six or a follow-up. I don't know how many people were expecting a remaster. There have been rumors about Tony Hawk, like between oh, two, we're talking about gossip. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, there have been rumors about a new Tony Hawk game or a, a remaster. There, there were even rumors about Tony Hawk leaving Activision. Cause I guess they had some beef like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of a new Tony, Tony Hawk game has been, you know, ruminating for a while so it's definitely gonna come out of nowhere uh, then just a couple months ago uh i forget the artist but some band leaked that they were on the track list for a new tony hawk game coming out so we we knew it was coming but it's, way to ruin everything <laughs> it's still really great to to see it well, looks really good if it plays as as 
fun as the old ones did or as much as the HD one remake did. I'm super pumped for it. I was playing that for a while. Beating the different like score-based modes and stuff like that, unlocking all the different stages and all that. And this is going to have probably what? If the other one was like a mismatch, this will probably have like double the stages, although they haven't announced exactly how many they of anything it'll have. It sounds like it's going to be pretty much everything from one and two. And it'll be on PS4, Xbox One, PC on the Epic Game Store. You love commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to tell people where they can get it. Are you going to yeah. pre-order and get the demo, Dave? <laughs> um, 100%. I'm actually contemplating getting that $100 bundle that comes with a physical uh, deck, a birdhouse deck, his uh, skate company. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to lie. It's, it's intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do it. It'll be 3 a.m. You'll be like, Mike, should I get this? And I'll be like, follow your heart, Dave. And then you text me five minutes later, Mike, I bought it. <laughs> and it's your fault. <laughs> that was just the one tv i bought that was way too expensive <laughs> anyway let's let's move on i think we covered everything here all right next up mortal kombat aftermath was announced this came out of nowhere at least uh from my sources no one heard about it. Well, everybody was expecting combat pack too yes um so mortal kombat aftermath is actually a first for the series it is going to be um story dlc along with three new fighters which is pretty cool uh it's coming out may 26th it's 40 bucks, which is a little bit weird. I thought that was a little steep, too. Yeah, what did the combat pack cost? I want to say 30 if you didn't get the bundle, and then if you got the bundle, it was like 25 or 20. Yeah, I, I thought it was 30 as well, and that was six characters. Um, but it is going to be story DLC that takes up directly after the events of Mortal Kombat 11. We won't go into it here because I think we do plan on doing um, one of our more deep dive episodes on that. Oh, yeah, sure. Um it sounds like it's going to be about two hours of story content, which definitely doesn't sound like enough for the price tag. Definitely going to pick it up still because I love Mortal Kombat. Um, and I love what they're doing with this as far as the DLC release goes with the combat packs. You purchase one of them, but then you have to wait, you know, six months as the skins slowly trickle out with this. We're getting three characters on May 26th, the day it comes out. They're just there, ready to go. Uh, we're going to be getting Fujin, Shiva, and special guest character Robocop. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat loves their guest characters. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on, on this one here? Peter Weller is going to play Robocop, dude. He's coming back for this game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we watched a gameplay trailer right before we recorded this. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of shots to the dick. I was really hoping for more, for dick, more shots. dick shots. <laughs> you got one or two dick things. I saw him hit Baraka once. <laughs> I would have liked to see some more. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, uh, the, the fatality against Joker that he did, though. Um, was that the Ed 209 one or the other one? That's the stab through the neck and then blowing his hand off and just watching Joker oh, yeah. bleed out. That one cut quick. I wonder if there's more to that fatality that we're not seeing. He's got to finish him off. Well, maybe he'll just leave him the suffer. He can just watch him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not usually excited about the guest characters for Mortal Kombat, but something about RoboCop just, I'm into. I'm feeling that. RoboCop's really cool. I was glad they put Spawn in the game after teasing him for so long, but he came last. Like you said, it's great that we have three characters right off the bat because waiting... Are you sure it was six months? Was it eight months maybe for the final character? Oh, I was just throwing a time out there. That wasn't yeah. a specific timetable. I'm sorry. I feel like it might have been 
even eight months to get the last character on that combat pack, which is way too long to slowly release them. And, and Spawn was twice the length in between waiting as the other characters. So by the time you get to Spawn, and it happened in Injustice 2 as well, also made by Netherrealm, Ninja Turtles were the last characters, and that was really awesome. But by the time you got to them, uh, <laughs> kind of over it. Yeah, same. Uh, when I when Mortal Kombat comes out, I dive in and I dive in hard for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. But then I'm done. Like I have so little experience playing any DLC characters in Mortal Kombat, and the idea of giving me like a piece of bulk content is so much more appealing to me um, than coming back in for this one new character because each character that comes out, how long do you think you've spent with each of the new characters as they've released in this game in all mortal Kombat? in mortal Kombat, What was it? 10 predator. I played a ton of Jason. I played a ton of some of those characters. Mike, I want really spe- cool. I want specifics. How long did you play? Because here's what I'm going to predator and Jason came out. I would say you and I, at least I did maybe only when we can, I came upstairs and played with you. We played with those DLC characters for at least a good month or two after they came out. And then we kind of. What are you talking about? We played with them for forever. The Predator. I was Predator for a long time. You came up here like once and we played. We played online then too as well. (laughs) We definitely played together with the DLC characters for a while. But in this game and Injustice 2, barely anything at all. I would say a day at most. I feel like a day is the answer for every (laughs) DLC character, including these ones that you were apparently playing for months with. (laughs) I played played with Predator and Jason definitely for a while. If I had to guess, I would say that you've done the story tower with them once and then maybe like five or six matches. (laughs) That's just how you play games, bud. (laughs) (laughs) But I I mean, as much as I was excited for Spawn, again, he came out so late. I only played with him for maybe 45 minutes. Then I was kind of like, I'm not. I don't want to relearn to play this game again. Like, I mean, not that I can't play the game, but it's like, I don't know. So how do you feel about the other two characters that were uh, included in the pack there? Fujin and Shiva. Fujin looks, uh, Fujin and Shiva both look awesome. Fujin I'm really excited about because he looks almost like he plays kind of like Kenshi. In a way, oh, that kind of. of fast sword play looking thing. I, I'm not going to agree with you, but sure. He's not completely, but at least the closest thing the game has right now. Kenji was a very slow character from what I remember. Like he was quick during his specials, but like moving around the map and uh, around the stage and whatnot. He I was like he was really game. slow. Yeah, he was purposeful. This Fujin looks fast. He looks quick <laughs> and he's got a lot of aerial stuff. Um, I think I'm not going to pretend that I'm like a, Fujin expert. <laughs> Just, I'm not going to pretend I'm a Mortal Kombat expert. We don't play at a competitive level like that. No. Um, but it seemed like Kenshi was more about like he had some like air blocks and stuff like to I don't even know the terms that they would use for it like where he can counter air mm-hmm. pretty well. But he didn't seem like he could do much in the air. And Fujin is going all over the place in the trailer that He's we saw. The god of air. <laughs> <laughs> the god of air. <laughs> but he looks great. Shiva looks really cool because Shiva looks like a quicker Goro. Yeah, Shiva's always been a character that I enjoy playing. Um, Fujin was my favorite character from Mortal Kombat 4. So I'm glad he's finally getting a, a chance to come back because I don't think he's been in a Mortal Kombat since. Well, he was probably in Armageddon. I never played it, but Armageddon had like every character mm-hmm. up until that point. So I'm sure he was in that. But I can't think of a game he's been in Not other than playable, 4. No. Yeah, yeah, I, was yeah probably, was I don't care yeah. if he pops up and says hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm excited to see him come back. No, for sure. Um, I've never been the biggest 
Fujin guy. He's cool. You never had an opportunity to be a Fujin guy. That's the problem. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 4, super underrated. And all the characters get no respect from that game. I enjoyed 4. But I mostly played as the characters that came back from other games and stuff like that. And I'm, any game that has Reptile in it, I'm probably going to be Reptile. <laughs> Although Mortal Kombat 10 also had Reptile and I was mostly Kenshi. So sometimes I break away. Do you know where Kenshi started? Four. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they're adding friendships back to the game, too, which is cool. Yes, and it looks like in the gameplay trailer, stage fatalities. Uh, I, yeah, I saw one of those, too. Yep. Um, so that's pretty exciting stuff. But is it worth $40? We're going to pay it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> probably not, but we'll see. I'm excited yeah. to dive back in because I really do love Mortal Kombat 11. And I wish that I could spend more time with it, but I always end up falling off. So I'm excited to have an excuse to go in and play, you know. Five or six hours, hopefully, if not more. Their story is actually, the story mode is actually pretty fun to play through. The individual towers are obviously good. I would say the crypt in this last game wasn't as good hey, as the last hey, one. Oh, that's hey, right. We're hey. going to do it in the main We thing. just said we're not going to be talking about it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I did really like 11 and I did really like 10. I think, I don't think they've made a bad game since, or even had like that many missteps since the Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. I guess nine is what it's called. You don't call it nine, but it's nine came out on Xbox 360 and PlayStation three. I thought that game was pretty fantastic. And just since then they've just every mortal Kombat and justice has just gotten better and better. Agreed. Where are we going next? Well, I guess we'll talk about, uh, you want to talk about some events that are coming up? Hell yeah. We got two events announced, two events announced recently. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the big one first. So obviously we're expecting these from most of the major studios in the next couple months. This is the first one that we have on paper, which is nice, but there's a Ubisoft forward digital event going on. Obviously with the COVID, we're not going to be getting E3 this year. Mm -hmm. And this is Ubisoft saying, okay, well, this is what we're going to do uh, to replace that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I generally like Ubisoft's conferences and what they're about. As much as I like some EA games, you know, EA kind of has a negative connotation about them, but Ubisoft, I always feel is, more gamer forward it's more they're more upfront with their gamers i think so i always like their events and what they showcase they don't really they tease but their teases aren't lies and they aren't kind of overblown exaggerations of what's coming out like when you see the assassin's creed they're not they'll give you a cinematic trailer but they'll quickly or right away give you the gameplay temper expectations like they'll say this is what we're doing the ghost recon breakpoint came out they're pretty upfront and showed the gameplay it was just like this is wildlands too it's basically the same thing and like it or, or leave it. <laughs> Obviously they promote it and like tried to build it up, but I'm excited for a lot of Ubisoft stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be coming July 12th. If you had to pick one Ubisoft game that you're hope, what are you hoping to see from this conference? What do you want out of it? I mean, there's a lot of games where I've seen the gameplay and I, I really want the games like Valhalla quarantine and watchdogs, but I'm really excited for beyond good and evil too. I never even played the first one and everything I've seen from that game looks fantastic. And I just really want to see more of that game. That's a game that's been gestating for a while, right? Seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you actually mentioned it on the podcast before. Yep. Oh, during the hunting grounds episode. Yeah. I've actually never even seen a trailer for it or anything. I know, I know of the game, but I don't know anything about it. There's a couple of cinematic trailers and there's a couple of gameplay showcases that Ubisoft has done to show off the, new tech and stuff that's in the game 
but nothing of concrete like this is actually the game being played. I mean, that was the game being played, but nothing of like story missions or anything like that. Just here's monkeys and ships and here's the planet and here's a, here's a city. Just a whole bunch of weird stuff. But yeah, I just think that game looks incredible for what I've seen so far, and I'd like to see if the actual game itself holds up to that. How about you? Anything you're excited about? Um, the game that I was the most excited about, like I feel like it was like two years ago we saw it, was that pirate game, um, Skull and Bones, I think mm-hmm. it was called. Yep. That's the one that I really want more info on because I haven't heard anything about it in a long while, it feels like. Um, but I like being a pirate, so... No, it's actually based on the only part of Assassin's Creed that I know you like, which is the pirate parts of Assassin's Creed. Indeed. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm actually disappointed to hear that Valhalla is not going to have as much ship combat, it sounded like I had read. Yeah, it'll have ships, but it doesn't seem like, because you're a Viking ship, you're not really pirate forward. Yeah, but you can like raid a ship. <laughs> That's what Vikings do. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see some more for Skull and Bones. That's what I'm hoping for. And another uh, franchise that I have no idea what's going on with right now is Rayman. Like Origins and Legends were such good games. If anything has came out since then, I've completely been dark on it. He's in Brahalla, I believe. <laughs> well, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited for some news out of the Rayman um, camp because it they're like two for two. If you count the the Jungle Run iOS game, they're like three for three, <laughs> um, as at least of the games that I'm aware of. Have they put anything out that you're aware of? No, they just those are the only two, you know, in a long time anyway. Yeah. No, they were very good games, and Raymond was at least for a while their unofficial mascot, and now he's kind of seemed to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, it's weird. He had like this big resurgence with those three games, and then he just fell off again. <laughs> so I hope he comes back. I want to collect some musical notes. <laughs> the Raymond games are always really fun. But yeah, Ubisoft. I'm excited. All their games. Every single game they're doing, I'm excited for. So the Ubisoft conference is going to be on July 12th. And hopefully we get to see some cool stuff. Yeah. Another event that's been announced. This one is pretty interesting. It's the uh, Guerrilla Collective Indie Show. Have you paid any attention to this? Only just today I was looking stuff up about it. It does seem like it's really cool. It's got a lot of developers on here, but I don't know. Some of them I don't really consider too indie, but it's really cool that they're all getting together to showcase their games. Yeah. Um, so it's being hosted by IGN and uh, Kind of Funny. Have you watched any of the Kind of Funny indie showcases, I believe is what they call them? I think I've watched one or two, but I don't really follow kind of funny games that much. I think there have only been two, so you might have seen both of them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they've they've been doing a really good job um, independently as a company, just trying to give attention to smaller indie titles. They've been hosting the kind of funny showcase right around E3 every year. And it sounds like with this whole vacuum going on, IGN was going to try to pick up some of that. And smartly, they decided to team up together and do it makes sense greg miller who's part of kind of funny started on ign so yeah he's the founder of kind of funny mm-hmm. what's interesting about this is it's going to be a three-day event um june 6th and june 7th they're going to be press events and then on june 8th they're going to get a lot of uh like 
they're going to get a lot of developer interviews and demos and stuff of the games that they're focusing on. Um, I don't follow the indie scene as much as I probably should. Um, there are a lot of really cool games out there. Dave, Dave, we went to PAX East. We did. We're big on the indies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Larian's going to be there. They're going to be showing off Baldur's Gate. I'm sure. Um, the one that I'm most excited for is I don't even know how to pronounce the name of the studio. I, I believe it's Za Um. <laughs> Zaum. <laughs> uh, but it's Za slash Um. They did Disco Elysium. It's on PC now. It was super highly praised last year. It's a game that I always wanted to pick up, but I just really prefer my console. So I've been skipping off on it. Uh, it's been rumored to be coming to Switch. So I'm really hoping that this is a part of that and that. I can pick that bad boy up. It's like a, it's a, like a CRPG action, not a CRPG. It's like a adventure game, like an old school adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all takes place on like this one city block. And it sounds like there's a lot of choices you can make and a lot of consequences. Yeah, no, it was highly praised. It looks really weird. <laughs> yeah, I have it, it on bizarre. my wish list on Steam. But again, I also have not pulled the trigger on it. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I like Paradox Interactive. They make a lot of games I like, like City Skylines, Stellaris, Welcome to Mars. I believe you. Don't don't look <laughs> at me for the answer. <laughs> so these those games are always really fun. They're like city builder interactive strategy games, which I really like. Stellaris is a little too much for me, but I still enjoy the concept. But I tried to play it, and I was just like, I this is a lot to learn. <laughs> but uh, I, I do like those kind of games, so I'm really excited about that. And Rebellion is... That's the thing is Rebellion or Paradox. I don't consider them really indie developers, but they're going to be there too. And Rebellion has put out Sniper Elite 4, Zombie Army, which I don't play a ton of, but when I play them, I really enjoy them. Sniper Elite, you said? Sniper Elite, yeah. Yeah, I I played the third one, I think. And I played the VR version of it at PAX, which in retrospect, we probably shouldn't have been wearing VR helmets as COVID was sweeping the nation. (laughs) (laughs) We're fine, right? We we pulled through. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Funcom will also be there. They do uh, Mutant Year Zero. It's one of the few games that's actually that's actually on my backlog. There are very few games that I don't play and want to. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one that I've been trying to get around to. I just never pull the trigger. They also do Conan Exiles, which I've heard has gotten a lot better, but I never played. I do have it on PlayStation because it was their game of the month one month, and I have not played it yet. Don't even know anything about it. That's not on my backlog because I don't care. <laughs> it's not your kind of game. <laughs> I assumed. Anything else with that one? No, I'm just really excited to see what people are putting out. Yeah, the, I mean, we named like five or six studios there, but the list has probably 25, maybe more than that. Yeah, it looks like somewhere around there. It's quite a few. So hopefully we get some cool stuff out of that. Oh, and the guys that make Temtem are going to be there. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Have you seen Temtem? No. It's this weird Pokemon clone that's actually being praised pretty uh, pretty highly. <laughs> but we'll move on for now. So Inside Xbox 2020 came out this past week. Mike, this, that'll be, that's going to be blah. That's going to be really weird. Oh, when if you, listen to it way if later. you don't mention the fact that the power went out <laughs> and that we're recording on a whole different system. 
I was hoping it would sound the same, but yeah. And the okay. audio might be different. So when you're listening to it this might now, be different. the audio might be a little different because there was a power outage, but we care so much about two player bros and getting this podcast out to you guys that we're recording even with the power out on what little battery power we have left. But I had to record on a different device, so you're gonna it's gonna sound a little different, maybe. Mike is in this really sexy lighting right now. <laughs> Dave looks really uh, scary right now. <laughs> illuminated by a tablet screen. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. I'm not even reading off anything, Dave. This is just lighting for you. <laughs> What's up, you cool cats and kittens? So we're going to talk about Xbox 2020. When we're recording this, it just came out this past week. A showcase on... A few of Xbox Series X's new games coming out, what they've got coming out, third-party games that they've got coming out on their system soon. A lot of people have had... There's a lot of controversy controversy over this. There is some controversy. So let's, let's just talk about the presentation in general. What, was, what were your expectations going into this? How aware of it were you before it started? I knew about it like a week beforehand, but the only thing I knew that they were going to show off was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Everything else was just... News to you? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I thought the presentation could have been a little better in terms of just seeing the people doing their stuff. The quarterback had a good camera and everyone else was like the shittiest webcam. It's like (laughs) you're Microsoft. You should have good cameras and microphones. Yeah. That's been something that all the major companies have been really struggling with during the whole uh, pandemic and whatnot. They're just not adapting to the work from home, like production wise. And we shouldn't have better mics than Microsoft. <laughs> we, that just shouldn't be the case, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it's weird that they haven't sorted that stuff out as quickly as possible, especially because they're a major tech company. You have to imagine they have all this stuff just laying around, you know? Oh, absolutely. And they couldn't send it to these heads of Microsoft development. It just didn't make sense to me. And like watching it, I was just dumbfounded by the lack of quality there, which I mean, granted I'm there for the video games, but does pepper in. It's not a good visuals. It's not good. uh, What do they call it? Metrics. It's not good metrics for Microsoft to have that kind of look going on with their presentations. Metrics isn't the word I would use, but I, Guess that might be a word someone would use there. I don't know the word I wanted to look for, so that was the quickest word, and I feel like it is okay there. Sure. I mean, <laughs> those are metrics now. I don't know what you're measuring, but sure, yeah. those are metrics. <laughs> but, I mean, the games themselves. Let's just uh, start oh. at the beginning. Okay. So all we knew going in was that we were going to be getting some Assassin's Creed gameplay footage, and we were excited about that. I was. I thought the trailer was really cool. The first trailer was pretty neat. Sam, my expectation was probably to see two minutes of in-game Assassin's Creed, you know, like just like a chunk of a mission or something, just a piece of the game. Uh, So they opened up with Bright Memory Infinite, which was probably the most impressive thing that we saw during uh, during the conference, at least in my opinion. I don't know how you felt about it. Uh, in, in terms of wow, that looks like a Series X game. It's yeah, it's the only thing I saw that was like, that's cool. Yeah, that's something that Xbox One would have a have some problem showing like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this really cool first person shooter. Um, 
apparently it's available on steam right now, or at least bright memories episode one is. And I guess uh bright memories infinite is just like that, but expanded out, you know, with updated textures and more like story content added in. So I guess bright memory that's on steam right now is pretty much a demo for infinite. It's the framework for what he wanted to turn infinite into it's uh, being made by a single person, which is interesting. Uh, FYQD studio. Uh, I guess his name is FYQD. <laughs> FYQD. <laughs> um, the environmental effects that looked really awesome. And what we saw in the footage was this one guy trying to just shooting his way through some bad guys, but it seemed like he was like in a cyclone or some sort of like vortex, you know, like all the wind, yeah, like some kind of storm. Yeah, for and sure. And then like his guns look futuristic, but then there's like a knight there. It's this weird cyberpunk blend of of oddness. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange, but it it seemed like he was in some sort of like vortex or like nexus. And I was thinking maybe like there's some sort of time travel involved there, like some dimensional sh- stuff going on. I don't really know, um, but it looked fascinating. I was really intrigued by it. The gunplay looked really quick, uh, which I really liked. It looked like he went for that murder kill with, he jumped out of the beginning. He jumps off a ledge and knocks the guy out with his fist. And then you just jump right into the, the gunplay. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought the, the driving doesn't look fun, but has good graphics. <laughs> Same uh, in, in my notes about the game here, it just says, couldn't care less about the car. I wrote down <laughs> my quick impressions as I was watching it. Um, but he has like this lasso, like leash grapple kind of thing. That looks real sick. Like mm-hmm. you can pull people towards you. And then there was some like time stopping this as they were coming towards him. Um, you can also grapple two people. It looked like, and all around, I would just say I'm excited to, to see what it's all about. Every game that we talk about, I think there's like 12 of them that we're going to kind of brush through here. None of them have set release dates yet. They're all just, you know, slated for the series X launch window. Um, Hopefully sooner rather than later, though. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like any time between Christmas and March to me. Yeah, any time between, I'd say, November and March sounds right. Dirt 5 looks like Dirt 5. I mean, I knew what that looked like before. I knew what game it was before they even said what game it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have much to say about Dirt 5. I played Dirt 2, I think, a little bit racing games just aren't for me. I couldn't care less about this car either. <laughs> I like racing games, but I can only play them for like a day and then I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that dirt five also just doesn't look very impressive. That was, that was the first thing that came to my mind, which you can't really knock against it because that was a lot of 360 games into Xbox one as well is when they're made for both systems. You're just going to get a sharper looking version of an Xbox one game, mm-hmm. which I think dirt five kind of is. Yeah. Um, I'm just never impressed with racing games. I don't know. I don't have much to say. The graphically, sometimes the, racing games can be awesome. Like for uh, uh, like Forza Horizon looks graphically is amazing. But yeah, and I, I did like the environmental effects going on in the back. Um, there was like a lightning storm that looked pretty well done. But <laughs> I don't know. It's all surface level stuff. I'm yep. not super excited about it. Next up, we have um, Scorn. This one. I'm all over the place on. I guess you tell me your impressions. It's just H.R. Geiger. It looks like H.R. Geiger threw up in a video game. Uh, For those who don't know, 
you're listening to a video game podcast, so I'm sure you know because you're all nerds too, but H.R. Geiger is the guy who's heavily designed Alien and the Alien franchise and Prometheus. It's all very sexual and just gross, and <laughs> this game just looks gross. Why are you so afraid of sexuality, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a thing on the wall that's definitely a penis that comes out and it, it jisms, Dave, and it bothered me. It gets a little leaky. <laughs> it's a common problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought for sure... I was actually really excited when this trailer started because until they told me the name of the game was Scorn, I thought we were looking at like a Prometheus game. Um, that would be cool. I mean, you have the engineer guy, you've got like the alien aesthetic, like everything about it just screams Prometheus to me. Uh, did we actually get anything outside of the there's like a face hugger type thing that bursts out of a guy, but we don't really get much from the trailer other than the aesthetic, right? It's just all aesthetic and I'm sure we'll get into it, but they say gameplay, but some of that looked way too good to be gameplay. I mean, if it was gameplay, that's cool. But the eyes on the, what I assume is the player character with the netted face looks really realistic and looks like a cinema sequence graphic. So I, I don't know how much we're seeing there is gameplay, but according to them, it's all gameplay, which is really impressive. Yeah, this is the first game that they showed that didn't seem like it had gameplay. And I was a little confused, but wasn't a big deal. I mean, because coming in, the only thing I was expecting was... Snippets anyway. So, well, the only thing I was expecting was Assassin's Creed gameplay. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like, whatever they show me at school. Like, you started to see the Xbox One announcement, world premiere, world premiere thing that they do during yeah. the press conferences. And I was down for it. I was just enjoying the ride. Um, through this one, I was really excited as it goes on. I get a little more confused about why I'm not seeing gameplay. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll come back to my complaint here, but next up was, uh, chorus corves corves. <laughs> it looked like the, what I got from this was like a heavy, like control vibe. It looked like something like control meets maybe like, uh, I haven't played it, but Hellblade, just like the really that's what you got from the, it that was just my impression from it i definitely see where you get the control aspect to it i always i thought it was control-ish and then i was like wait is this everspace 2 because it looked like the gameplay stuff they showed was very everspace so i was a little confused about what it was going to be yeah it maybe the gameplay isn't what made me think about um uh hellblade i think it was just like the close-ups of the woman's face because that's like a big part of the promo material for, for yeah. Hellblade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the tattoos going down her eyes. Yeah. So just like that aesthetic kind of ring to that for me. <laughs> it seems interesting. There, it looks some, like a space game, so I don't know if you're going to really like it. There's some space. I was going to say there's some spaceships, so that has me intrigued as well. Um, not usually my cup of tea, but it look it looks interesting. I'm. It seems like something you would purchase. So I was. I was down to try it out. I'll I'll see how it reviews. There are some space games though that are a little too arcadey, but then some that go a little veer a little too realistic. So I'll see if this gears toward the too arcadey aspect. Not too many things can be Star Fox successfully. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays. Fair enough. So it seems a little on rails. But again, you're only seeing snippets, so what do I know? For sure. Um next up in the conference we had Madden. And that's cool. Patrick Mahomes not wearing pants. Is that true? That's did I miss that? I just watched it again and 
because this is where I jumped into it last time because I missed the first five minutes or so the first time I watched it. And this time I'm watching it like he's wearing his boxer shorts. There's no way he's not wearing boxers right now. They're just letting him get him. <laughs> Good for him. It's the only thing I got out of this. That's the, only the dream. Thing, we saw a lot of old Madden. We saw a lot of Madden gameplay from <laughs> 1995. <laughs> I saw a guy catch a ball, Dave. <laughs> um, I haven't played a Madden in probably three years. I usually I used to go every other year, but I kind of just dropped off completely. Um, maybe I'll pick it up. I mean, if it's if it's a graphical showcase for the new systems, maybe. Yeah, I haven't played the last two, I think. Same amount as you've played. So yeah, I'd be excited to pick this one up. Another new one. Uh, next up, we saw Vampire Bloodlines number two, or Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Um, this is a game I'm sure you're more excited about than I am. I mentioned it was on one of our earlier episodes, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Mm. About me being excited about it. I love the Vampire the Masquerade franchise. Vampire the Masquerade Redemption is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Bloodlines is fantastic as well. So Bloodlines 2, I'm excited about, but it just doesn't look good. It looks like it was made 10 years too late. and Maybe that's changed and maybe they've put more work into it. But the gameplay demo I saw of it was only six months ago. So I'll still get it, but I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. Yeah. I want to like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I played the first Bloodlines just because you we're such a fan of it that I, I dove into it as well. It wasn't really for me. I mean, I, I played it to completion. I, I fought a giant vampire bat at the end or something like that. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, what it did do was make me appreciate, um, human revolution way more <laughs> <laughs> or, um, was it human revolution or mankind divided, divided mankind divided. Is that, yeah. The deus ex game. Yeah. Very similar, but just like a different static, more, cyberpunkish. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, not not for me, but if you pick it up, I'll check it out. I'll definitely be picking it up for better or for worse. <laughs> Next up, we have Call of the Sea. This game looked pretty cool actually. Um I don't know much about it other than the fact that you're running through a jungle that has like a really vibrant cartoony <laughs> aesthetic. You mean yeah, it looks like Sea of Thieves, or as you had said earlier, Monkey Island. Yeah, when the trailer started, I thought we were about to get like a a a real Monkey Island game. I would love another Monkey Island game. I would love Monkey lot. Island, but <laughs> in like a in a more three D space. They haven't been three D, right? They've all been two D. Two D esque, yeah. They've they've never been like fully three D, like how they presented Call of the Sea for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I would love like an RPG in the Monkey Island universe. But that's not what this is. Um, your character has fish hands. That's all I know for sure. <laughs> or at least he does at some point. I think I think it's a she. And I think at some point she turns into a fish thing. But sometimes she's human. Okay. So I definitely saw human hands also. Okay. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, it's not like a blind buy. I'm not going to pick it up regardless. But it has me intrigued. I want to see more. Definitely a cool color for world. Next up, we have The Ascent. This one looked pretty cool, actually. I'll let you open with this one, though. So imagine Diablo, right? But instead of Diablo, it takes place in like the Blade Runner universe, and it looks awesome. That's essentially what I got. 
I didn't get a Diablo vibe you at all. You didn't get a Diablo vibe at all? No. It I looked, heavily got a Diablo It looked like vibe. a twin stick shooter to me. Oh, I think I I got a Diablo vibe. I mean, I'm cool either way. If it's a twin stick shooter, I'm going to like it even I, more. I feel really confident that it's a twin stick shooter based on what I saw. And it's got co-op. So that's feel, pretty cool. I feel really confident it's like Diablo. But either way, I'm down. We'll see. I'm I'm down it too. It looks really fun. It, the world is really, really detailed. Um, So I'm just going to read my notes for it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what were your initial and, like, oh, thoughts? And you can tell me how you feel about them. It's... These are just quick words I wrote down as I was watching it. It's twin stick shooter, cool aliens in mech suits, dirty mass effect, vibing hard with this shit, co-op, spider tank. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with all of that. I will say the one thing that did throw me off watching it was like the the gross looking troll guys. I loved them. I thought they were really, I I didn't get it. You know, you're saying Blade Runner, but I just got like a grimy mass effect vibe from it grimy just mass as far as probably the more like, goes anytime it's like cyberpunk ask at all i always go blade runner first <laughs> uh but but yeah dirty mass effect is kind of more right it's like uh not the citadel what where did you visit mass effect 2 the asteroid uh, i can't think of the name of it uh, but it I looks mean, like i beat the game probably yeah. six times but. <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember either which is sad but it looks like that place it looks like the it's where you meet garris right omega isn't it omega yeah yeah it looks like omega but like even dirtier yeah, I'm excited for that. It looks really cool. I mean, I don't know if it really shows off the extent of the Xbox One Series X graphics. Oh no, I don't think but so. I think it was. I think it was neat. I don't think any of these games really did though. I think the next game kind of does. We're talking about the medium. Now, this game is not for you at all. Dave. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, this is a weird horror game uh, done by the people that have made Layers of Fear and eh, Layers of Fear. <laughs> Layers of Fear. <laughs> Uh, which Layers of Fear is actually pretty good. I played the demo and I was like, yeah. And then I played the free, the, it's on Game Pass. I played the Game Pass version. I was like, this is actually pretty dope. So I know they can do horror games really well. And I guess it just is like a woman who's clearly giving birth to the devil. Or I assume she's giving birth to the devil. She can't kill it. And she can suddenly see into hell, which looks like the Constantine version of hell. You're basically reading my notes word for word here, Mike. It says, <laughs> prego woman, weird hellscape. <laughs> <laughs> I got... The vibes I got, I got kind of a control vibe from this, but like a hell, more hell than kind of futuristic-y kind of looking vibe. Oh, I didn't catch that at all, but who knows? I mean, we're seeing small snippets, so we, we, yeah. we're we putting a lot of ourselves into everything we say about these games, because we really saw, you know, 15 seconds of each. Yeah, I was, but the graphics for this and the amount of debris and stuff coming off of all the uh, buildings really spoke to me of like, wow, that's okay. That's maybe the Xbox One could do that, but it looks more impressive the way we're seeing it now maybe there were some weird things like floating in the sky towards at the very very end of the trailer and i don't know if they were like monsters or if they were buildings but they seemed like they had like tentacles yeah i don't really know how the game's gonna play because layers of fear is just basically a walking around game but you know i'd love some action elements just to you know switch it up a little bit especially since the game looks like it's going to be a little bigger in scope Mm -hmm. but we'll see how the game is when it comes out yeah, the only other note I had on here for my viewing of it was dope music. The music sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the fact, I learned it's actually being composed by the guy that did all the Silent Hill music, which has like a does a good job with that eerie vibe. So, and that's actually something that will be available this holiday season, so we won't have to wait too long for that game. I mean, I'm not gonna play it. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna be honest with you. Next up. Scarlet Nexus was announced. Not for me. How is this not 
for you. I know exactly why it's not for you. <laughs> but this game, I thought it is. <laughs> I'm into this. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, though. I don't even think it's worth me trying to Dave, describe it. Just read it. your notes for us. As you watched it, what, what came to your mind? <sighs> Fine. Just weird-ass France, Tokyo. Cell shaded badass in a boutique with legs or a bouquet with legs. <laughs> I All thought, the bad guys are weird plants, like wrapped plants, not even yeah, like they're, they're roots. Bouquets with legs. <laughs> oh, the game looks so weird and so it's so anime. And I, I was apparently on the fence for a second because I said I fuck with that. And the next thing I wrote was, eh, maybe not. Psychokinesis, I'm back on board. <laughs> weird as fuck, vibing harder. <laughs> I just. It, I didn't like the style of the game, the look of the game. I really don't dig the the cell shaded is fine. It's anime, whatever. It's the people are the bad guys are bouquets, which really throws me off. But then they say <laughs> no one can kill these things. And I'm sorry, but your guy is telekinetic, right? But he's using cars to crush these things. So clearly they can be killed by normal <laughs> means. Have you all tried throwing a car at it? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of pissed me off. And I was kind of like, fuck this game. I don't know. I was into it. I'm I'm excited. I, to I see knew more. you'd I knew we'd disagree on this one. <laughs> Uh, let's see how we feel about the next one that we're going to talk about here. Uh, second extinction. I think you're going to be surprised with my reaction to this game. Are you not pumped for dinosaurs? I want to see more. It's everything yeah. looks very plain fields. And I love the fact that there's dinosaurs at first I was like, Oh shit, Turok, but I'll never get a new Turok. You don't, I don't even know if we want a new Turok. I love dinosaurs and I want dinosaur video games. Mike, I, I was so let down with Ark. And that's the last dinosaur I've played in a long time. Ark is tough to play. Um, I can't even think of the last time I played a dinosaur game. I guess uh, Super Time Force I played as a dinosaur on a skateboard. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But I can't think of the last dinosaur-focused game I've played. Yeah, there aren't that many on consoles. I know there's a bunch on Steam and Early Access that are trying to be the next new dinosaur game. But I have very mixed reviews. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Yeah, I saw a Resident Evil 3 mod. Like the... The re-release, the new one that just came out, mm -hmm. where they replace all the zombies with Velociraptors, <laughs> and oh my god, I wish I was a PC gamer. <laughs> it looks so much fun. Well, maybe we'll get Dino Crisis remake next year. So yeah, my my notes for this one were, I mean, I'm gonna play it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Avalanche Studios, which I do like Avalanche Studio games, but they it's everything looks very plain in this game. They don't like the environments are just. What else have they done? Are they just cause? They're the Just Cause series, yeah. Okay. So they definitely know how to do fun. It's just just nothing going on in that trailer other than a flat landscape and some Velociraptors. Yeah, you don't you don't see much. But if you swarm me with dinosaurs and give me a gun, I'm, you're gonna. Get I want to be on board so bad. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be on board till they kick me off. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Yakuza Like a Dragon. You start. I, I've i never played a Yakuza game. I'm right there with you. I never have either. I've always wanted to try them. I don't think they're for me because they seem very, it seems like a very niche game and a very, they're very odd series of games. This looks but this extremely looks cool. odd. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really odd, but it looks kind of interesting. I think it's cool that it's Yakuza. It takes place in Japan. So it gives you this look at a cult, like obviously we're in Northeast America. A look at a different culture and like you you don't see that very often here. You always say it's the New York Mafia or 
you know, other kind of drug lords. You don't see like the Yakuza French families and how that works. Mike. Yeah. Nobody should pick this game up thinking I'm so excited to learn about Japanese culture because I see crab men and space <laughs> lasers. Obviously it's all weird and stuff, but that's, it's their version of a of a mafia tale, which has obviously got their own Japanese no, weird spin on it. You think Godzilla is like a real thing is what you're telling me right now? Yeah, <laughs> he is a real thing, Dave. You can't just throw away 50 years of science, There's Dave. video <laughs> evidence. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm confused because I had heard about this game prior and I thought it was supposed to be like a turn-based game. Um, but that's not what I was seeing from the, the footage we saw. Uh, from what I'm reading right here in my notes, this is going to be a turn-based game. Okay. It just kind of plays looking like it's not a turn-based game. So like you make a, you maybe we didn't see it, but you choose what you want to do. And then it's like a long drawn out cinematic for what he actually does. <laughs> I, I would assume so. I know the original game had very interesting fight mechanics as well. Yeah. I want to give it a try. I know one of them just Yakuza Zero, I believe just launched on a game pass. So I might give that a try before this comes out just to see what a Yakuza game is like. Yeah. Um, and again, through all this, we haven't really seen too much gameplay of anything. It's all been very cinematic. Mm -hmm. But now it's time for that sweet, sweet gameplay I've been waiting for <laughs> with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And um, my notes looks cool. But where the hell is the gameplay? gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I think what do you got? They, they really misled people with the gameplay because it's really just like in-game but in-game footage looks really cool. I, I know about the game because I've read I read the articles that came out after the initial announcement of what the game's going to be like. I'm still really stoked for it. I think the settings look really cool. I think the vistas and stuff look really gorgeous. Again, not something that won't ever run on my Xbox One X, but something that I can see visually looks better on the Xbox Series X. I'm very excited to take on like England and the, the icy snow caps and the, the different biomes, I guess in this game are really cool because in most Assassin's Creed you're stuck with one location even if they are big locations so I think that's pretty cool I can see that uh, I'm I'm excited for Valhalla for sure like just the concept of it has me on board coming in I I didn't play Odyssey until really late and I couldn't get into it I feel like maybe if oh, I you had, did try to play it I didn't think you tried yeah to play it. I played for maybe 45 minutes to an hour and I just wasn't vibing with with me, I feel like I waited too long to try to play it though. Like if I tried when it was more in the zeitgeist, I might've been able to push through it. Just like stay on the hype train with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but like surface level, this is the most excited I've been for an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag because pirates and Vikings are things that I want in my life. <laughs> um, I was really excited for Origins because I really like egypt egyptian uh, history and stuff like that mm -hmm. but i was so far behind i couldn't pick that up but every I time mean, you could pick it up i could i, I actually <laughs> i've i want to try to make it my mission while we try to this podcast to try to report on my progress on getting ready for valhalla i want to be ready for valhalla you're not going to be ready for valhalla i'm not going to be ready for valhalla i'm going to fucking try though you have like you're like four behind right five you're I'm, partially through black flag i'm mostly through black flag I got to beat Unity, Syndicate, Origins, and Odyssey. Four behind. And Unity is supposed to be terrible and it's got no DLC and I'm just going to blow through that story missions only. Good luck, bud. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait for your update. <laughs> just don't. Don't do it. I haven't even played it. Don't let it affect our deep dives. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But yeah, I, the Viking stuff is really cool. And I always like the fact that it's actually tied to real history. That's always something that really interests me. So what was so frustrating about this was we were promised gameplay. Never really got it. The one thing that really bugged me is early in this conference, though, I, I don't know who it was offhand, but one of the guys putting on the, on the show, this is an exact quote of what he says. And because we read the interwebs, everything you see here will highlight the in-game experience with actual gameplay captured in engine. I don't think we ever got that. I mean, minus one or two games, but oh, that quarterback caught that ball. <laughs> <laughs> Never uh, right quarterback. Definitely not with Valhalla. I mean, I don't know if they're calling cutscenes gameplay. I don't know anyone that would do that. It just seems so tone deaf of them. Yeah, they've been doing so well up to now, like almost winning the console war buildup. They just don't and know then, anything about branding. Yeah, then this <laughs> happened and it's just like, come on. Because I don't think they've, they've been doing well up to now, sure. But just the fact that their new console is called the Xbox Series, Series X, X when the last console's the Xbox One X, X, it's just confusing. And I don't get why they have so much trouble just like, establishing a brand but we'll we'll see what happens going forward but i don't i was really turned off by this this has me skeptical of my friends at microsoft <laughs> i definitely don't think that i think they are gonna have a tough time no matter what because we've talked about this before we both love the xbox and the xbox series one x is arguably the better system tech wise but PlayStation it's damn near close to it. And PlayStation has all these exclusives and it's just going to blow Xbox away no matter what they put out and just showing this and making just to, casual just to cut you off real quick, just yeah. to show the problem with their current branding is you just said the Xbox one X and you're talking about the series, series X. X right now, but, which I will all continue to do. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> like they can't brand correctly and they don't have these exclusives. They have the gears every once in a while and halo every 10 years. PlayStation's yeah. got Spider-Man. They've got Avengers now. They've got Final Fantasy. They've got God of War. It, the list goes on and on with what they have that they're going to bring to the table. And it's going to be an uphill battle for Microsoft to get anywhere and then to lie to a now interested fan base and be like, uh, we're sorry. Yeah, maybe we were wrong. Yeah, I, I did like that they came out and said, hey, we messed up as far <laughs> as what expectations we set. <laughs> But I was just shocked that they were so far off to begin with. It's just that quote of, and because we read the interwebs, <laughs> it's like, clearly you don't. <laughs> clearly well, you don't know what you're reading. Clearly they do, because right away they went, oh, wait, you guys didn't like it? This, Shit. <laughs> earlier today, I Googled something in Chinese, <laughs> and I see Chinese characters on my screen. Like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's going on with Microsoft right now. <laughs> They think they're reading it, but they have no idea what they're looking at. I know they're, when is their, they're doing another so showcase for their first party game soon as well. I don't think they dated anything specifically, but they said to tune back in in July okay. for their first party showcase. I'm hoping we'll also get a June event where they talk. We still need pricing and uh, to actually hammer out the full details of what we're getting with the new console. Mm -hmm. um, PlayStation needs to do that as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully we get a hardware conference or event 
next month or in the next few weeks. I'm really. hoping they'll both do it as part of the summer of games. If everyone else is jumping on that bandwagon and going to be part of it, they might as well. The summer you're talking about the summer game fest. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. I, I think it's just a Google calendar. I, yeah, I think they're all just loosely associating around that. I don't even think they're looking at it. I think Jeff Keeley just has a calendar that he's like, oh, these people are doing this on this day. Okay. And he's throwing it on it. <laughs> it's not like an organized event. It doesn't, at least it doesn't feel like it's no, an it event. Just, it feels, it's yeah. just tracking events that are happening outside of it. So we'll see. But, but yeah, I mean, I won't get too into expectations of next gen consoles because I really have no idea what to expect. I think we'll get into that a little later on in this podcast. Are we going to talk about it today? I think we'll talk about it today. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, bud. <laughs> but I think that it's going to be rough because everyone's got these expectations of like a new system, but they don't remember 360 into Xbox X or PlayStation three into four. These games were made for both systems or made and then up kind of like, Oh, now we're going to be on this system. So we'll make it a little bit better. Other than the first party games that are really made for these systems to show off their graphics, usually you would temper your expectations until the first year, and that's when they really push the hardware. Like Rise, Son of Rome is graphically amazing, and I thought it was fun. It's a little simple, but those are the kind of games you get from the first part of studios right away. So I think we have to wait a few months till we see a good one, pretty ones. I genuinely think if Rise was a PlayStation game, people would be all over it. I think when it came out, the hatred for Xbox was so strong at the beginning of the, of this console's life that that game got way more hate than it deserves. That's a, that game is really fun. I really, enjoy I mean, that it's game. no less deep than, you know, any God of war prior to the newest God of war that just came out. You know, um, I really loved rise. I enjoyed rise. I, as I well. think it needs, it needs a sequel. We're never going to get one, but it deserves one. <laughs> Okay, but that's pretty much all we have for the 2020. Hopefully we'll get some more coming up. It seems like there's just game announcements, you know, every couple of days now, which is nice. Yeah. We are kind of ramping up. Well, I think Phil Spencer says you're not you're gonna see a whole bunch of games still, the games that were already gonna come out early on. It's late 2021 that you're gonna see delays because delays coming yeah. out from the games that are a little further behind. Um, actually, while we're here, do you want to talk about the Unreal 5? You seemed like you were excited about that. Yeah, so Unreal 5, I don't know if they announced that they were doing anything today, but they released their first trailer for the new system. Unreal 4 is obviously the game engine most PlayStation, Xbox, and PC games have been running off of for a while. And it looks fucking amazing. Unreal 5 really looked like next-gen graphics, really cool technology that really, even though like I didn't understand some of it, I understood enough to be really impressed by what they were doing. Essentially, polygon counts don't matter anymore in games. So you won't see that lag if you load in a super textured model. It's able to somehow generate these billions of triangles and polygons in a space without lag, without taking down your CPU, which creates what they call cinematic models. So stuff like that you would see in any kind of movie or, or special effects thing on TV. That's basically what you're going to get in the game now. And from what they showed with the caverns and statues, and the lighting systems, it all looked absolutely incredible to me. Really blew me away in like what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it looked really great. It's just really, really important to remember. We're just looking at a tech demo, you know? Um, 
I remember seeing the Unreal 4 tech demo years ago. And games have caught up to the Unreal 4 tech demo, I think. But they just finally got there like in the past like year or two. So what we saw, yeah, it looks great. Like, wow, this is next gen. I just think it's really important that like we temper our expectations and we don't think like once we boot up our new our new systems just in a couple months like that. that we're going to see that. Cause we're just, frankly, we're not, we're not going to see that till, you know, 2023 probably. Um, but what we did see was really, really impressive. I just bought a new television. It's coming in a couple of days. Now, obviously I'm going to christen that new TV with speed racer. That's going to be the, <laughs> that's going to be the first thing I watch with it. But depending on the time, actually, maybe I watch that tech demo again, just to, to get a feel for that again. Is your TV going to be 8K? No, Mike. Mm. No one needs 8K. <laughs> Zero people need 8K right now. <laughs> True. Um, so yeah, I, I think it looked fantastic. Honestly, the thing I'm most excited about from that, though, is we're probably going to get some really great triangles memes. And <laughs> I haven't looked yet. I'm hoping they're already out there for me. Internet, don't let me down. But the amount of times these guys said the triangles, <laughs> the triangles, the triangles um, was pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to say the same word that many times and not realize you're being awkward. <laughs> um, Maybe the word triangles is thrown around video game studio offices all the time. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy. <laughs> but the lighting looked great. That's a game that I'd like to play too. Like, I was thinking the same. I always it, think that with tech demos. <laughs> yeah. But again, we've seen so many tech demos over the years. Like they're cool to see, but I don't really think much of them because honestly, they're just, they're cinematic trailers. What made this one a little more interesting is they say it's actual gameplay. Someone's controlling that. And they say it's running through a PS5, mm -hmm. which makes it exciting too, because that is, that does make it, I would say the first real look at next gen gameplay that we got, even if it's not a reasonable expectation to set for ourselves, it is cool to know that the new consoles can do that because it did look leaps and bounds better than what we're currently seeing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was definitely really impressive. I just don't think there's much to talk about there because I don't know. It, it seems like it's just something to, get overly excited about for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Until they, uh, even they haven't even announced what games are going to be running off unreal engine five for all we know, no games have. well, I'm sure games have started using it, but none that we've know of, or they're coming out anytime soon is unreal five out. That's what I don't know. I don't think they said it was just a trailer showing what unreal five could or would do. Yeah. Oh it, no. It does say coming 2021. It does say that. I know currently they plan sometime mid 2021 to convert Fortnite from unreal four to unreal five. Oh, okay. Um, and I have to imagine that people are currently developing unreal five. Um, but I don't think we've seen any unreal five games released. No, definitely not. Yet, no. Oh, you know what? I, I actually had read that people are currently developing an unreal four, but they've made it easy for them to transfer it over to unreal five. I had just read something about that today, actually. So, so like you said, it's going to be a while until we see like a real Unreal Five game to begin with. Yeah, just even an Unreal Five game, we won't 
see until late 2021, I would imagine. Well, I guess Fortnite, if they convert it over mm-hmm. um, mid 2021. We'll see. We will see. Yeah. But, Agreed. It's still interesting to see our first look into something like that. Yeah, I agree. That's Just, our next. That's our next gen stuff. <laughs> that's our. That's our next gens and events <laughs> segment. <laughs> um, yeah, we should have done this one earlier. With all this stuff. Uh, let's talk about some cool gaming stories that we've that we've seen. The one I wanted to start with was that Apex was adding a PVE mode. Did you look into this? I did just look into this when you sent me the link. To look into this. <laughs> I didn't know about it beforehand. I haven't really been following Apex Legends much since you kind of went back to Fortnite. And I was just kind of like, eh, I guess Apex is done. Yeah, I, I played. No, Apex is still very, very I know popular, it's still popular game. Popular, but, I mean, done like with you and then so it with me then in general. Yeah, it, I had a ton of fun with it in season one. Um, I was disappointed with the first battle pass they released. and. I had already spent like a year and a half to two years developing my Fortnite skills. <laughs> it just felt sad to abandon them. Uh, it is a really great game though. I really like apex legends. I love the way it handles and controls. I think it's, it's the combat and the movement. It's like Titanfall. So, which is amazing. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure how they're going to be doing this, but yeah, they're adding a PVE, like a story mode. It sounds like we're going to get like one story mission per week. Uh, I'm guessing on the King's Canyon map, but I don't really know the full spec of it. Seems like it's kind of like a treasure hunt kind of a thing that gives you a story as you go. But it's it's going to be a separate game mode that you go into? I believe so, yeah. Because okay. one of the things that I really fell off Fortnite with was they added all the uh, the PvE bots and stuff at, at locations. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it just really killed the vibe of the game for me. So I've kind of dropped off that and then actually adding bot participants in the battle royale. It became way less satisfying to kill people. So if this is, if this content that they're releasing is a completely independent story mode or story mission that takes place once a week, I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just hope it doesn't affect the battle royale experience at all. But again, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, so I don't really know how the apex community feels about it, but it seems like a cool idea. Again, so long as it doesn't affect the battle royale experience. Sure, for sure. It gives you another thing to do. And I mean, it is going to give you awesome rewards that you can use in your apex legends characters that when you play battle royale, like apex packs and stuff like that. I would hope stuff like that would tie into the different season changes, which is, which is what Fortnite should have done a little separate pack and each thing. And even, or maybe even tie into the single player why each season is changing and happening because I don't think too many people play Fortnite single player at all, which is actually not a bad game. Uh, Oh, you mean save the world, save the world. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's not single player. That's a cooperative PVE experience, Mike. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but you could play single player. <laughs> um, no, they, they do update that every season as well, but I was never able to get into it. It just doesn't control the same. It, at least it didn't control the same way as Battle Royale controlled, which was like a huge turnoff for me. So yeah, I, I never like, understood that. I, like, this isn't the button. <laughs> Not even that. Just like the movements and stuff didn't feel the same. But uh, in the Battle Royale space, we have an interesting. I think we could have an interesting conversation about this. I'm not really sure. The calling was a Battle Royale from 
from way back when. Yep. Wasn't great from what I remember. I don't think I actually played it myself. I watched a couple of videos. I think I was on the fence about downloading it. And then I, I might have downloaded it and then deleted it, but I definitely never played it. So it's re-releasing. It's actually re- releasing tomorrow on Xbox and PC. I don't care about that at all. I'm just really interested in their payment model. Did you look into this? I saw that Did it you? was free to play, but I didn't see. Oh, sir, you, sir, you didn't read the article <laughs> that I linked to you <laughs> in the show outline. <laughs> What's really confusing about this game, a big thing that's been going on in the free-to-play space is you purchase cosmetic items. That's where they make all their revenue, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Fortnite does it. Apex does it. I mean, all, all these games do it. All of their cosmetics are going to be free and unlockable in-game. So how are they going to make their money, Mike? Well. Obviously, it's going to be pay to win. Take a guess. No, it's not pay to win. Pay to lose? It's pay to play. On a microtransaction level. So, the game is free to download. You get one free match a day. It's almost like a mobile game. I was going to say, it's a cell phone game. Yeah, you you can play one free match a game uh, a day. If you win, you get a token to play another match (laughs) (laughs) um but other than that you can either choose to pay 99 cents for a pack of three match tokens so it's 33 cents a match or you can pay two dollars or i'm sorry or you pay three dollars a week or six dollars a month to play the game what are you what are you thinking i think i don't hate that model I think it's a controllable model. I think if you're a parent with children, it's a great model because you can severely limit how much get good. <laughs> you, want, you want to keep playing, get good. You want to be a gamer, Timmy? <laughs> and you can be like, I'm going to give you this much or you complete your homework, I'll give you a game. In that model, sure. But the calling isn't really a game for kids and it certainly doesn't have the pedigree of like a Fortnite or an Apex Legends. From what I saw, the calling looked kind of meh like am i gonna pick that up and go oh yeah i'm gonna play a dollar for next game or fuck you i'm gonna play apex legends or fortnite if i want to play another uh battle royale i just don't understand they have to have changed their game somehow to make it really really fun it's a ballsy move i'll say that it doesn't sound like they did a lot for it (laughs) so I'm confused as to why they think that they're going to even have an audience for this game because I don't know if you remember, it released on Xbox one last year and they took it away because no one was playing it. Yeah. And like a matter of like two weeks, I feel like it was, they removed it from the Xbox store because no one was downloading it. No one was playing it and you couldn't fulfill the lobby requirements for the games. I'm just really baffled by it. I actually, I'm with you where the internet right now is kind of up in arms about it. Um, they feel like it's a scam. Then don't play it. <laughs> then don't play it. Sure. I I just don't understand. It does give me an uneasy feeling. It seems like they are trying to. I don't know, because I have such mixed feelings between cosmetics 
I don't like paying for cosmetics, even though I've paid for a lot of cosmetics in games. Yeah. So I like the idea that all cosmetics are available. And I don't think 33 cents a match is a lot of money. If it's something you really enjoy playing, though, that's the thing. It's got to be something really worthwhile. But is that game's going to add up? How long does well, the Battle it, Royale match last? If it's worthwhile for you, you're not going to pay per match. You're going to pay the $6 for the month. Right. And at the same time, that makes me a little uneasy. But then I think and I say, oh, wait, but I've spent probably well over $1,000 on MMO subscriptions in my life. So why should I be mad about $6 a month? I don't. I'm uneasy about it. But at the same time, maybe they're just really forward thinking. Maybe they know what they're doing. I mean, it does work for I, mobile games. It is unfortunately where a lot of the future of gaming lies. Yeah, it's, it's a weird model. Everything's got to be subscription now, which is kind of shitty. But the other thing is what what's going to keep you coming back month to month is not going to be the amazing gameplay. It's going to have to be cosmetic items. So you say all cosmetic items are available to you for free, but they're going to have to have a small amount of cosmetic items and keep refilling that stock every month to get me to keep playing. What's going to be next month's cosmetic item? What's going to be the thing that's going to make me want to, I want to earn that. But if it's right off the bat, then I don't earn anything for gameplay. If the game is successful, Adding a different colored shirt isn't a big deal for them. They can make that happen for you, Mike. They I couldn't get people into their game to begin with. I don't know. I, I'm not saying they can fill their lobbies. I'm saying if your concern is that they won't have enough cosmetics for you, I think that they can manage that if the game is successful. That doesn't seem like a big deal. I to just me. want to know what's going to I mean, keep me Fort- playing month to month. That's all. Fortnite releases, you know, five new skins a week at this point. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, they have to keep doing fresh content to keep you playing. Cause if they give you everything right off the bat, there's nothing to earn. I agree. Even when you buy the battle pass for Fortnite, you're still working toward those goals. Even after you buy the battle pass, it's like, I still have to keep playing. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is just, it's a weird model, but I mean, I can't say it's a bad model until you see what happens. Thing- I'll play my first free match. <laughs> I'll give it a try. The thing is, that if Fortnite decided they were going to do this model and the cosmetics were going to come out as frequently as they come out in Fortnite, I think people would be pretty stoked about it. Yeah, I'd agree. So I don't understand why the internet is so angry at this game. <laughs> um, but who knows? I, I don't have much more to say beyond that. I just thought it was really interesting that they were trying something completely different with their with their pricing. You got anything else for it? No, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Another game thing going on. So apparently tomorrow morning, we're probably when our listener is listening to this or our listeners, fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how much juice I got in these batteries. If (laughs) power doesn't come back on. Um, (laughs) There will be a Ghost of Tsushima State of Play tomorrow morning mm-hmm. from PS uh, from PS4 or from PlayStation. Um, it's going to be 18 minutes long, and we should see some gameplay, which will be exciting. We haven't really seen much from them as far as gameplay. There was a story trailer that I watched. I don't remember there being too much like combat or anything in it. There was a combat. There was a scene of combat in the first E3 trailer they presented, mm-hmm. and that was about it. 
I've been pretty dark on this game. I've known that I'm going to play it because I mean, feudal Japan. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. So I don't know too much about the game, but just the little pieces I've seen recently have me even more excited for it. If you had told me that last of us part two and any other game were coming out a month apart, I would say, well, I'm definitely more excited for the last of us, but I don't know. There's something about ghost of Tsushima that has me really hyped up right now. I am. And I love the, I bought a PlayStation three for the last of us. I'm more excited for ghost of Tsushima as well. Like I just straight up, I'm more excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed, (laughs) but yeah, so it's going to be 18 minutes long. I'm sure we'll get a bunch of gameplay. Um, as far as I know, this is the first state of play they've done that covers just one game specifically. Usually it's like three or four. So I'm I'm curious to see how they handle just 18 minutes, one game. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a different format than we usually see with the state of plays. So let's find out tomorrow. I guess so. I've already found out if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I probably loved it. <laughs> All right, the next thing we're gonna talk about. Flip the page. (laughs) (gasps) Nope. I'm not editing that out. (laughs) Um, In fact, I'm going to copy and paste you saying flip the page. I'm going to put it in every change of our segment. Next thing I want to talk about. This has me kind of excited. It's called animal talking. You're vaguely familiar with it. I'm vaguely. I know that it exists and I've, I've seen the set. So yeah, this is a talk show that has kind of just like sprung up out of nowhere um, through Animal Crossing. So are you are you aware with Gary Witta and his work? No. So Gary Witta is a screenwriter and uh, he he's the primary writer on Rogue One, Book of Eli, uh, After Earth, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Walking Dead season one, I know. But he's also he's been in the video games industry for a long time. He used to write for like PC Mag back in the day, I think. So he's always been just been kind of around um, throughout our time in video games. <laughs> he streams Animal Crossing every morning, and somehow he ended up developing a a talk show out of it. It started with him just playing with Naomi Kyle, a former IGN person. Mm-hmm. You may remember her. Um, and they were just making a set in the basement. And next thing you know, they started to, they did like an impromptu interview. And somehow out of that, it sprung this crazy talk show where he has a super advanced set where he's just interviewing celebrities and, and, you know, people of note. Um, he's had Elijah Wood on the show or he will have Elijah Wood on the show as of tomorrow night, <laughs> uh, like Danny Trejo, he's in talks to have uh, AOC on the show, <laughs> which is just insane to me. <laughs> well, I know she plays, uh, she plays animal crossing. She's she does. Going yeah. around the to random towns. But yeah. It's just, it's just really fascinating to actually watch the show too. He's definitely not a talk show host, <laughs> um, but he says he's always wanted to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to, Detour, can you check the audio? I'm really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's always wanted to be one. That's. But the, is it audio or is it just like they type it out on the switch? 
It's audio. I mean, they're okay. On, so they're, he's on the phone or whatever. They're in Discord, um, but the characters are there on his island on the set. Does Danny Trejo play Animal Crossing? I don't know. I I haven't listened to this. Awesome. Yet. <laughs> I haven't even seen it announced that he's going to be on. I just heard Greg Miller mention it. And yeah, I just think that's fascinating. <laughs> and it's getting all this coverage in like Newsweek and stuff. Just really, really weird to see it pop up. It's also really weird how many celebrities are actually playing Animal Crossing. I mean, the people in the entertainment industry have the least to do right now, right? Basically, <laughs> so. they're all stuck too, yeah. I know I follow uh, Brie Larson because she plays Animal Crossing. When I saw that, I was like, I'm going to follow her. <laughs> she plays Animal Crossing all day, every day. Yeah, Brie Larson's one of the bigger names right now. I think she's been on. Um, uh, she? I think so. And like Chrissy Teigen, I know, plays. There's a lot of celebrities playing. The Elijah Wood meme was pretty funny that I was, I don't know if you saw that. He visited someone's island to sell turnips. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, And it's just the picture of him. And it's like, may I pick some fruit? <laughs> <laughs> One of the one of the Sprouse brothers actually went on somebody's island as well. Yeah, and drew a beetle eating a turnip on their sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just interesting. I don't have a ton more to say about it beyond that. It's just cool to see this game that's doing way more than it should for people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for all the major stories. Or, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give some of these stories too much credit, but that's it for the stories. <laughs> um. Another cool thing, uh, Dutch is being added to Predator. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We were both saying that he should definitely be in the game, and hey, he's coming to the game. So apparently this is just one of four DLCs that they have planned. It's going to be one a month, I believe, for the next couple months. That's cool. So you get Dutch and then a a new rifle and a special knife that I guess Dutch has his own special knife in the movie. Not that I remember, but... Sure, he's got a. I'm, I'm sure, sure he's he got a big old knife. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a big old knife, and fully voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is cool too. That's, so, that's neat. Yep. Um, don't have a ton to say about that, but I just think it's cool, and I wanted to mention it because we did talk about Predator a couple weeks ago, we last week, mention, two weeks ago. Yeah, two, two episodes weeks ago. ago, and we did mention that we wanted the other characters to be in it and more DLC. So, so thanks for listening, Ilphonic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't already have this planned out or anything. <laughs> This one's probably for less people, but it had me excited. Uh, Gears 5 is finally adding the car mines. Um, are you, uh, how, I know you're not a huge Gears person. Do you know Anthony Carmine, Ben Carmine? I know the Gary families Carmine. in every, every different one and they always <laughs> die in each one, right? Uh, they used to die in every one. They've, they've <laughs> gotten a little stronger as of late. So they were, they were missing from multiplayer. Um, you haven't been able to play as them and they're finally adding them. And it has me pretty pumped. More importantly than that, something that Gears 5 was doing was any hero, any cog soldier needed to be playable in horde mode and arcade mode. So they wouldn't just release skins. They wouldn't release a character unless he had like a full unique move set and stuff, mm -hmm. which was taking a ton of time to develop. I mean, Gears 5 has been out for over a year now, I think, or at least close to one. Maybe closer. Yeah. I don't know about a full year, but yeah. Um, and there've been a lot of key characters that have just been missing from the game because it takes so long for them to develop, to develop them for horde mode and stuff. They've listened to the fans and they've said, okay, we're going to step away from that idea. And we are going to start releasing characters just for deathmatch, where literally it is just a skin to put on the character. You know, it's just a model um, that doesn't need like all this balancing and stuff. 
so it, it's exciting to see them start doing that with the Carmines. There's a bunch of other characters that have been missing from Gears for a while. Um, the Carmines were always my go-to characters, and Hoffman was always my go-to character. I didn't have either of them in Gears 5. It's probably why I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm excited for them to go back to, or not go back, but I'm excited for them to change what they're doing and try to appease people. And I'm pumped about that. Personally. On a personal level. Listen, you want to jump into a game of Gears? I'm always here for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's all the news we got for this week. Uh, I know we're working on playing The Last of Us to do a deep dive into that at some point in the next week or two. So that'll be exciting. I've been finding it very interesting going back into the game and remembering stuff that I didn't realize that I remembered so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played a bit myself. I don't want to talk about it yet, though. Save it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's two player bros. Weird vibes. <laughs> <laughs> two player bros in the dark. If my power comes back on, this episode will come out Thursday, May 14th, but it might be later in the day if the power doesn't come back on in time. <laughs> so you might be listening to this on your commute back from work. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. Obviously, this one was a little bit different. We're going to work on it a bit. You know, you know me, constantly critical of the crap we do. Flipping that page. We will not be flipping that page. I'll slam that book on your fingers, buddy. Yeah. So we're going to keep working on it and we'll be back next week with another one of these. Probably. I'm very excited. All right. <laughs> Get the hell out of my apartment. If I can find my way out in the dark. Yeah.